just give God a great shout of praise in this place, church. What an awesome God we serve. Can we just thank our worship team? What an awesome time in the presence of our King here this morning. Sure. How do you carry on after that? Church, let's just bow our heads for a moment as we, as we commit this time to the Lord in prayer. So, Father God, we come to you today in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we just want to commit this time to you. We want to commit this word to you. I pray that whatever comes from this pulpit today, I pray that whatever comes from my mouth will honor you and glorify you, Lord, and that would edify and strengthen your people. Let us not leave here the same today. Lord, open up our spiritual eyes and ears this morning to hear the word of the Lord that brings hope, that brings life, and brings strength. Lord, we ask today that you would let this word drop deep into our spirits, that we would be empowered by your word to finish strong in 2019, but Lord, also that we would be a people that would be determined to finish strong in life. Lord, we know that your power is made perfect in our weakness, so we pray you would come and do that work in us even right now. Help us to walk in the authority that you've given us and lead us into the destiny that you have created for us. We pray this in Jesus' name and everyone shouted. Amen. 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 So church, it's good to be with you here this morning. And church, today I want to speak to you about finishing strong. About finishing strong in 2019, but also how to finish strong in life. And the scripture that we're going to be making reference to today will be from the book of Nehemiah, chapter number 6. If you'd like to go in your Bibles. Nehemiah chapter number 6, and just to give you some of the backstory, some of the context to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king Artaxerxes of Persia, right? And one day, Nehemiah's brother shows up to visit him, and Nehemiah asked him, how's it going back in Jerusalem? And he didn't like the answer because his brother said to him, well, you know, things are really bad. The walls are down, the people are in disarray, and it's embarrassing to our God, and nobody wants to rebuild the walls. And suddenly this man, a very ordinary man named Nehemiah, had an extraordinary burden that moved him to tears. He started fasting and praying. He talked to the king and asked for permission to go back home to rebuild the walls. So the king blessed him and Nehemiah traveled about 1,600 kilometers to get back home and he gathered the people of, of Jerusalem. He inspired them and he said, I believe that God can use us to rebuild the walls. And he started what seemed like an insurmountable project and God used him to do what everybody else thought was completely impossible. So let's pick it up in chapter 6 from verse 1. Now when it was reported to Sanballat, Tobiah, to Geshem the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and that no breach remained in it, although at the time I had not set up the doors in the gates. So church, at this stage of the story, Nehemiah had already built the walls, but there were still one or two things left. He said, although at the time I had not set up the doors in the gates. He was almost finished, but not quite right? He was almost done, but there were still a few small things that, that had to be finalized. 
And church, we'll discover today the spiritual principle that the closer you get doing, to doing what God wants done in your life, the harder your spiritual enemy will fight to stop you. The closer you get to God's purposes and plans for your life, the harder your enemy will make attempts to distract you or discredit you. I mean, let's be honest in life. You know, who's been there? Who's had that happen in your life when, when you, you're chasing hard after God and God is leading you a certain direction and then you face serious opposition? Have you been there? And you see, church, you don't face spiritual opposition for doing something wrong. You face it for doing something right. God is moving you towards something very significant in your life and you're about to accomplish it and then there's opposition. You know, it could be, for instance, when you, you finally decided that you're going to surrender your whole life to God and you're going to leave your old life behind and you're almost there and then you face some sort of opposition. You know, something dramatic or traumatic happens in your life. Or you decided that you're going to take the bold step and walk away from a relationship that is ungodly or you're going to make it a godly relationship, a godly covenant, right? And you're just about to make this decision and you face serious spiritual resistance. Or you know what, you, you're losing weight because you want to honor God with your body and you're only a few kilograms away from your gold weight and then, and then it's Black Friday. And, <laughs> and Devonese is running a special where you can get five pizzas for 250 rand. <laughs> How do you let everyone down, right? You're almost there and what you find out is that the closer you get to doing what God wants done in your life, the harder your spiritual enemy will fight against you. The enemy will try to take you off the wall and stop you from doing what God wants to do in your life. And church, one of the ways that the enemy does this is by distracting you. He will distract you. Have a look at verse 2. Then Sanballat and Geshen sent a message to me saying, Come and let us, or come let us meet together at Chephirim in the plain of Oh No. But they were planning to harm me. Okay, church, firstly, whatever you do, never meet anyone at a place called Oh No. <laughs> right? There's a lot in the name. <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of reminds me of the, of the pub that's here at the Glen Vista Checker Center. Have you seen it? It's at the underground parking lot. Guess what the name? I've seen it. I haven't been there. <laughs> Guess what the name of the pub is? It's called Turning Point. Never meet up with anyone at a place called Turning Point, right? Unless it's a church with that name, never go there. <laughs> and you see, church, in this scripture, what's happening here is that the enemy comes in and he sees you making all this progress and he wants to stop you. Nehemiah's enemies wanted to take him off the wall and, and distract him from the focus of doing what God had called him to do. And as we start to read further into the scriptures, you'll actually see that they were trying to do more than just distract him. They were trying to physically harm him. And you see, that's the deception of the enemy. To distract you so that he'll eventually get to a place where he can harm you, destroy you, and kill you. Make no bones about it, he wants to kill you. When you start moving forward and doing what God has called you to do in your life, your enemy will try to distract you. And you know, church, it's not just always with the big things. Because most of us are smart enough not to give in to the big distractions. What you often find is, is that it's the little distractions over a period of time that become the big distractions. 
God has called you to impact this world in various different ways there where you're sitting this morning. You have a mandate to impact the world for the sake of the gospel. Yes, you. You know, it may be that you're going to be a missionary that has a heart for people somewhere in Asia or in Russia. It may be that God has called you into ministry of this church. It may be that God has called you to be a voice in the corporate environment or a teacher that speaks spiritual life and nutrition into the next generation. It may be that you have a heart to start an orphanage to give the castaway a chance in life. I know my daughter's got that heart. Whatever it is, there is purpose to your life. And the enemy will seek to distract you wherever he can so that you don't fulfill that purpose. And you see, God has given you this purpose. It's inside of you. You know that thing that, that inspires you but scares you at the same time? It's that thing. But church, what often happens, it's the little distractions that stop you from reaching your destiny. I don't know if you recall, but I, I spoke about it a couple of weeks back on how we get so distracted by things like social media and television and the time that it takes away from us. And you know, before we know it, we've wasted half a day on, on stuff that isn't adding to what God has called us to do. And you know, church, I'm not saying that we can't chill out sometimes in life. You know, we need to rest, especially this time of the year. Especially us men, right? Shout amen. Amen. You see, us men need to get into our nothing box from time to time. Where you can just sit in front of the TV and you don't have to say one word. Right? And you can watch sport for an entire Saturday. I mean, how is it that women can't do that? <laughs> just kidding, ladies. Pastor Renal will often tell me, you know what, I have this look when I'm in my nothing box. Right? And she can tell whatever she says comes in the one ear and goes out the other. I have this look where she says, I just look right through her, you know? And then she stops talking. What can I say? As men are strange creatures, right? <laughs> and you see, church, there's this, what you, you find in life is there's this constant tension. This constant tension between, between pleasure and purpose. Between comfort and purpose. Because, you know, the little distractions feel good at the time. They make you feel good. They give a short-term relief. And, and hear me, we need to have balance in life. But you know what? If it becomes all-consuming then what it's doing is distracting you from getting to what's great in your life. To getting, from, from distracting you to, from getting to what's great in your life. And you see, that's where we have to make a choice. Do we want to live our lives where we take every opportunity for God and commit ourselves fully to His purposes and we run this race with everything that we have to rebuild the walls of our lives or our, and our communities? Or do we give in to constant distractions from the enemy and wake up one day and we have all these regrets of, of what could have been. You know, God will still love us. He'll still love you, church. But I don't know if I want my life to end that way. I don't know if you want your life to end that way. So our position should be that if the enemy wants to distract us and take us off the wall, we should be like Nehemiah where he says in verse 3. So I sent messengers to them saying... I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? So what do we say when the enemy is trying to distract us? We say, I'm not coming down. I cannot come down. I cannot come down. Say it with me. I cannot come down. I'm not coming down. I'm doing something important for God. I'm doing what God has called me to do. 
I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm not going to let the enemy distract me from doing what God wants to do in my life. Church, if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing that the enemy will try to do is distract you. He will distract you. The second thing he will try and do is discredit you. He will do whatever he can to discredit you and ruin your reputation. Church, when you're doing anything for the glory of God, you need to understand that your spiritual enemy will try to distract you. The more you do for God, the more people will gossip and skin about you. Right? Misjudge your motives and misunderstand what you're doing. It's a part of life. It's a part of leadership. Let's see how this starts to unfold in the next couple of verses. Verse 5. Then Sanballat sent his servant to me in the same manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Now, what is an open letter? You see, this letter was meant to be read publicly to discredit Nehemiah. It wasn't sealed or private and you know, sent to him privately. It was open for everybody to view. Has that ever happened to you? You know, when someone sends you an email and they, they copy everyone else on the emailing list to try and discredit you? That's the same type of thing. Verse 6 says, In it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Gashmu says, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, you are rebuilding the wall. And you are to be their king according to these reports. You have also appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem concerning you, a king is in Judah. See, now they're accusing him that he wants to be king. And now it will be reported to the king according to these reports. So come now, let us take counsel together. So, you know, come and speak to us. Come down and speak to us. Otherwise, we're going to send these reports back to the king. And you see, church, they were spreading rumors about Nehemiah that weren't true. Because in fact, if you read Nehemiah chapter 5, you will see that the opposite is true of him. Nehemiah was the most selfless leader of his day. He wasn't concerned about titles. If he was a crooked leader, he could have had financial gain for himself. Right? And he could have taken the food that was, was allocated to him. But as the governor, what he did was he took his own resources, he invested into people so that they could get out of their debt. He was a man of integrity. He was a man that spoke on behalf of the poor. And church, the more that you do for God, the more people are going to talk about you and spread rumors. Because remember, you don't encounter spiritual opposition for doing something wrong. You encounter it for doing something right. And church, what did Nehemiah do in this situation? Did he get off the wall? Did he, did he run back home? Very simply, what he did was he said, it's not true, he prayed, and he got back to work. He said, it's not true, he prayed, and he got back to work. And church, what do we do? What do we need to do in a situation like this when, when the enemy is throwing accusations at you? People are lying about you, they're spreading rumors. What we've got to do is say, it's not true, we get on our knees, we commit it to God, and we get back to work, amen? amen. I mean, how many times do we stay awake at night worrying about what someone else has said about us? Some accusation that isn't true, but it frightens the life out of you, because if people believe this, you know what, it could be the end of my career. It could be the end of my relationship. It could be the end of my reputation. 
And you know, when you're going through something like this, I know it's hard, I know you feel so stressed, but you know what? If it's not true, say it and so, commit it to God and get back to work. Get back on the wall and don't let what someone else says about you stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Thank you, Jesus. Another way your enemy will try to discredit you is to allure you and tempt you to compromise. To compromise your integrity towards sin so that you will ultimately discredit yourself. In verse 10, we see how a new person is introduced into the story, and this person tries to get Nehemiah to discredit himself. This is what it says. When I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mahetabel, some interesting names there, who was confined at home, he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you, and they are coming to kill you at night. That's quite a serious threat right there. Verse 12 and 13 says, I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He had been hired, listen to this church, he had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. And you see, that's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants you to be intimidated by the lies, by the accusations, so that you can step out of God's will for your life and discredit yourself. I said it a couple of weeks back, church, your enemy is a master deceiver. He is a master deceiver. Do not take him lightly. And you know, as you rise in effectiveness in life, as you grow in stature, as God opens doors for you, Church, as a leader, it's very easy to start believing that you've got it all together and that you're entitled to more than everybody else. That you're more important. And your spiritual enemy will try to convince you that you're more than what you really are and entitlement sets in. And you know, many great leaders have fallen into greed or sexual sin because they have been misled by this deception of entitlement. And you know, you may be so effective in your ministry, wherever God has placed you, right? And, you, and you, you're making advances for the sake of the gospel, and the next moment someone gives you attention because you're not doing well, you, you're excelling in life, and your partner's not giving you that much attention anymore because she doesn't think you, you're quite as good as you think you, you yourself is, and you fall into sin. Or you know what, my company doesn't notice me anymore and they don't understand how hard I work and how many hours I put in and how valuable I am and I have this personal expense and I'm going to put it on the company expense. And suddenly you let one little thing discredit your integrity. And what you've built up your whole life can be ruined in one moment. You see, the enemy's after you. He's after you, he wants to kill you. And the closer you get doing, to doing what God wants done in your life, the harder your enemy will fight to distract you or discredit you. And you know, church, when he, when he does this, we need to be ready. We need to be ready and, and respond with some attitude and say, I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. And the second thing you must tell him is, I'm finishing strong. Yeah. Come on, say it with me. I'm finishing strong. You know, church, I don't know what your situation is this morning. 
But if Satan's trying to stop you, if everything's fighting against you, he's trying to discredit you with everything inside of you, you need to say, I'm not coming down, I'm finishing strong. This is what Nehemiah did. Shemaiah said to him, hey, let's go to the temple, they're trying to kill you. But Nehemiah says in verse 11, should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? In other words, I'm not that important. I will not go. And he said, you know, I came here to build a wall and I'm not giving up until the wall is up. Right? I'm not coming down and I'm finishing strong. I'm not giving up my good reputation. I'm not giving up my integrity. I'm not giving up my purpose because God has created me to be victorious in this season. Come on. Church, can we get a bit excited this morning? You can even get a little bit angry this morning, a little bit of righteous anger, because we are not going to let the enemy stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Amen? Church, God loves to use ordinary men and women just like you and me and give them extraordinary callings. And then He gives them a burden so great that that person one day sits down to weep, then kneels down to pray, and then stands up to fight. And that person says, you know what, not me. I'm not going to let this happen on my watch. Someone has to do something about it, and that someone may as well be me. Right? And even though everyone else says it's impossible, I know that I serve a God that says all things are possible with Him. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to rebuild the wall. When everybody else says, you know what, there's trouble out there. The enemy's on his way. Take your children, take your family, and run and get out of here. You say, no, no, no. We are fighting for our sons. We are fighting for our daughters. And we are fighting for our homes. And we're going to rebuild the walls of our lives and our communities. And we'll put a tool in the one hand and we'll put a, a weapon in the other. And we're going to stay. We're going to stand and we're going to fight. And you know what? When your enemy tries to distract you, what you say is, I'm doing a great work and I'm finishing strong. I'm not coming down. I'm finishing strong. And when he gets to you to try to quit, you say, you don't understand, there's no quit in me. Because the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Amen? My Jesus was down for three days and he has risen again. And because of what he's done for me, I'm fighting back in the same way. And there is nothing that will make me come down off the wall, church. I am finishing strong. So as we look at the end of the story, verse 15 says, So the wall was completed and on the 25th of Elil in 52 days. In how many days? The Bible says in 52 days. Church, there was no fire that came down from heaven to consume the enemies. There was no flood that came, came by to wash the enemies away. And there was no great, great miracle that took place that just built the wall for them. What you see is the power of God working through leadership and determination, and in 52 days, the wall is up. Can you just imagine how much longer it would have taken if, if Nehemiah had given in to all these distractions? I don't know, a couple of months, maybe a couple of years. Church, can you just imagine the impact you and I can have for the sake of the gospel if we just get rid of some of the distractions that the enemy brings into our lives? Verse 
Verse 16. I'm going to close with this. Maybe I can ask the worship team to come up. Let's try to bring this to a conclusion this morning. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of a God. I want to read that again. Because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Church, here's the crux of it this morning. Don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good and chasing hard after God. Because the scripture says at the proper time you will reap a harvest. If you do not give up. If you do not give up and finish strong. God is not calling you and I, church, to, to create this perfect little life for ourselves. To make a name for ourselves. He's calling us to deny ourselves and to change the world. The very world around us. And when we surrender to Him by His power and the, the burden or the passion that He's given you, you know that thing that's inside of you? And together with the people around you, church, you will be able to do what everyone else thinks is impossible. And God will use you to rebuild the walls of your lives, of your families, and even to be a part of what He wants to rebuild in cities and nations. You know, church, instead of us losing our self-confidence, when the enemy is throwing these darts of accusations and these, and these lies and, these, and this mockery, he even laughs at you. Instead of us losing our self-confidence, let us stick to the task of what God has called us to. And when the enemy asks us to come down, what will we tell him? I'm not coming down, I'm finishing strong. Will you say it with me? I'm not coming down, I'm finishing strong. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. You know, church, when we do this, the enemy is the one that will become afraid and lose his self-confidence because he would have realized that this work that's been done in your life and mine has been done with the help of our mighty God. If you believe that this morning, we just stand and give the Lord a great shout of praise in this place. If you believe that's for your life today, just lift up the name of Jesus in this place. And you know, church, we're going to go into a victory song right now, but I really believe there's people in this place today that need to come and stand here and tell the enemy that you're not coming down and that you're going to finish strong, wherever you are this morning. He's been lying about you. He's been making accusations about you. He's been saying that you, you're never going to amount to anything in life. But you're going to tell him, you know, from a spiritual sense this morning, let's give the enemy a punch in his face and say, I'm not coming down. I'm finishing strong. Amen? Thank you, Kirk.